Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. As physicians, especially employed physicians, we pay a lot in taxes. Finding ways to legally decrease taxes can certainly help with building wealth. One of the appeals of real estate investing is all the tax advantages associated with real estate investing. And this includes the ability to defer capital gains tax with a 1031 exchange. A 1031 exchange, also known as a like-kind exchange, is a provision in the United States tax code that allows investors to defer paying taxes on the gain from the sale of certain types of property by using the proceeds to exchange for a similar property. This provision is named after Section 1031 of the Internal Revenue Code. To qualify for a 1031 exchange, both the property being sold and the property being purchased must be used for business or investment purposes. You cannot do a 1031 exchange for your primary residence or vacation home. Additionally, the properties must be of a similar nature, meaning they must be like-kind. Like-kind property refers to property that is similar in nature or character, regardless of its grade or quality. This means that the physical characteristics of the property doesn't matter. So if you're selling a single-family house that was a rental, you don't need to buy another single-family house or even a duplex or quadplex. According to the IRS website, quote, real properties generally of like kind, regardless of whether they're improved or unimproved, end quote. The wording of like kind is quite vague. As far as I can tell, Basically, all real estate investment properties are generally considered to be like-kind with each other. This is regardless of the difference in their location, quality, or even what the property was used for. But please don't take this as legal or tax advice, as I am neither a lawyer or a CPA. What the IRS does make clear is that an investment property in the United States is not a like-kind with investment property outside the United States. So to do a 1031 exchange, both properties must be in the United States. By using a 1031 exchange, an investor can defer paying taxes on the gain from the sale of the property as long as they purchase a like-kind property within a certain time frame. This allows investors to reinvest the proceeds into a new property without actually paying taxes on the sale, which can be a significant benefit. You could theoretically do a 1031 exchange whenever you sell an investment property and continue to defer the tax from the sale of the property throughout your entire life. Then once you die, your heirs inherit the last property you 1031 exchanged into with a step up in basis, so the tax on all the gains is never paid. It is important to note that there are strict rules and timelines that must be followed in order to qualify for a 1031 exchange. It is recommended that investors consult with a qualified tax advisor or attorney to ensure that they are in compliance with all the requirements of an exchange. Next, I'm going to go through all these different requirements that investors must follow in order to qualify for the tax benefit. The first rule is the like-kind property requirement mentioned earlier. Again, the property being sold and the property being purchased must be of a like-kind. This means that these properties are similar in nature or character and are both located in the United States. Like-kind property exchanges include a single-family rental for a commercial building, an apartment building for an industrial building, a hotel for a retail property, or even vacant land for a medical complex. 
This is what I mean by like kind is somewhat vague, but it really seems that any property that's really used as an investment property can be exchanged for another real estate property that's used for investment purposes. There is also the qualifying use requirement. So both the property being sold and the property being purchased must be held for use in a trade or business for investment purposes. Personal use property does not qualify for 1031 exchange. So again, you can't 1031 exchange your primary residence or your second home or vacation home. 1031 exchanges have very specific timing requirements. An investor must identify a replacement property within 45 days of selling the original property and must complete the purchase of the replacement property within 180 days of selling the original property. And there are no extensions to these timelines. Then there's the qualified intermediary requirement. The investor must use a qualified intermediary, abbreviated as QI, to facilitate the exchange. The QI holds the proceeds of the sale from the original property and then uses it to purchase the replacement property. So the money never actually comes into the hands of the investor. The cost of a qualified intermediary for a 1031 exchange can vary on a number of factors, such as the complexity of the exchange, the value of the properties involved, and the specific services offered by the QI. In general, the cost of the QI is either a small percentage of the total value of the exchange, or it may be a flat fee. The fee may cover services such as preparing exchange documents, holding the exchange funds, coordinating the closing agents, and ensuring compliance with the IRS regulations. You'll want to consider the cost of using a qualified intermediary if the capital gains are relatively low. When I sold a triplex that I had last year, the cost of the qualified intermediary was going to be around $1,000, which was actually pretty close to what I would pay in capital gains tax. So I elected not to do a 1031 exchange. If you're going to do a 1031 exchange, you'll want to shop around and compare the fees and services offered by different qualified intermediaries. Take into consideration the QI's experience and reputation in the industry. Their expertise and guidance can be invaluable in navigating the rules and requirements of a 1031 exchange, as well as maximizing the tax benefits. When you do a 1031 exchange, you must reinvest all the proceeds from the sale of the original property into the replacement property to defer taxes on the gain, which is called the reinvestment requirement. Once you buy the new property, there is a holding period requirement. The investor must hold the replacement property for a certain period of time to fully defer taxes on the gain. However, there's no specific holding period requirement in the tax code, but generally the investor should plan on holding the replacement property for at least a year to avoid any questions about their intent to hold the property for investment purposes. It is important for investors to understand and follow these rules in order to successfully complete a 1031 exchange and defer taxes on the gain from the sale of their property. Consulting with a qualified tax advisor or attorney can help ensure compliance with all the requirements of the exchange. So while there are many benefits to using a 1031 exchange to defer taxes on the gain of the sale of the investment property, there are also some potential downsides and limitations you may want to consider. There's somewhat limited flexibility when it comes to doing a 1031 exchange. The rules and timeline of the 1031 exchange can be restrictive, and it may limit your ability to make other changes into your portfolio during the exchange process. 
When an investor completes a 1031 exchange, the basis of the replacement property is adjusted to reflect the gain deferred from the original property. This means that an investor later sells the replacement property, their taxable gain may be higher due to the lower basis. Remember, a 1031 exchange allows you to defer payment of taxes. Unless you continue to defer again and again until your death, those taxes will keep adding up to what potentially could be a very large tax bill down the road. There's also the possible loss of depreciation deductions. If an investor exchanges a property with a higher tax basis for a property with a lower tax basis, they may lose some of their depreciation deductions. As you're probably becoming more aware as I go through all the requirements of a 1031 exchange, executing a 1031 exchange comes with additional cost and complexity. Completing a 1031 exchange involves working with a qualified intermediary and following strict rules and timelines, which really adds complexity and cost to the process. There's also the risk of disqualifying the exchange. If an investor fails to meet any of the rules or timelines of the exchange, the exchange may be disqualified, and then the investor will owe taxes from the gain of the sale of the original property. It's really important for investors to consider the potential downsides of a 1031 exchange and to consult with a qualified tax advisor or attorney to fully understand the implications of the exchange. While a 1031 exchange can provide significant tax benefits, it may not be the best option for every investor or every investment scenario. While I've personally owned multiple investment properties, I've actually never done a 1031 exchange myself, partially because of all the rules and regulations involved in doing a 1031 exchange. Remember, if you held the property for over a year, then you'll be paying the capital gains tax, not the ordinary income tax. Long-term capital gains are subject to 0%, 15%, or 20%, depending on your taxable income. You pay 0% on long-term capital gains tax if you are single with an income of less than $41,675 or married filing jointly with an income less than $83,350. Of course, as physicians, we're probably not going to be in the 0% tax rate, but we may actually just fall in the 15% tax rate. The 15% tax rate for long-term capital gains is from $41,676 to $459,750 if you're single, or $83,351 to $517,200 if you're married filing jointly. If you are single and you make more than $459,751, then you will pay a 20% long-term capital gains tax. Or if you're married filing jointly, and making more than $517,201. These numbers are for assets sold for profit in 2022 that have been held for at least one year. Capital gains are reported on the Schedule D, which is submitted with your federal tax return, your Form 1040. The important thing to note here is that long-term capital gains tax is much less than your ordinary income tax bracket, which applies to any short-term capital gains, short-term capital gains taxes, which is tax on any profits from a sale of an asset held for one year or less. So definitely keep any asset for at least one year and one day before you sell it. So after hearing all this information, what are your thoughts on a 1031 exchange? 
Does that sound like a great way for you to build to leave your real estate investments to your children and never pay taxes? Or does it sound like way too much work and regulation and you may just opt for paying taxes? Likely it will depend on the actual situation when you get to that point. So again, this is where having a team where you have great advisors in terms of a tax advisor as well as an attorney can really be helpful. And I hope you found this podcast helpful in improving your financial literacy and education. If you are enjoying this podcast, I really would love if you could leave a five-star review and share it with your friends and family. Thanks so much for listening to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.